beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Vibe Wednesday. Tonight, we're going to be considering a very important subject. It's called meditation. Alright, and um, we're going to be using this to close out this series that we've been on. Alright, and it's going to be very powerful. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the revelation that comes through your word. I thank you in the name of Jesus because you are good and your faithful love endures forever. I thank you in the name of Jesus for giving us the truth of your word. And Lord, everyone who is under the sound of my voice is going to be impacted greatly by the revelation of your word. Thank you, dear Father, because light and understanding is shining in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' holy name we declare. Amen and amen and amen. Alright, okay, so tonight we're going to be talking about meditation. And the episode title is Rent-Free Living. Rent-Free Living. Okay, so all through this series, we've been teaching you about how to experience a healthy soul, how to stay healthy in your soul. We believe very strongly, and scripture points to this very strongly, that the prosperity that you experience in your physical life is, depends greatly on the prosperity of your soul okay we experience that and we explain that i wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers so we want to look at a very powerful um, method for keeping the soul healthy remember that we've talked about all of the beauties and the realities that you are already in your spirit but we made mention of the fact that your soul is the window with which you view the world and your soul is is like a valve whatever it opens to determines what 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 state it's going to be in all right and so it is um with great delight that i'm bringing to you the very last few episodes of this series now i am very certain that um this series has made a huge impact on your life as it has on mine because it really has made a huge impact on my own life all right it has made a very big impact on me as a person okay so let's get right into the conversation for this evening. Alright? Now, let's start with the fact that we have said that your spirit is recreated, your soul is being transformed on a daily basis. Alright? I mentioned to you yesterday a very important quote that Kenneth Hagin said that you don't comb your hair once in, in a week. And that's the same way you don't meditate once a while. Alright? You comb your hair every day. You should meditate on the Word of God every day. On a daily basis. Alright? Now, when we talk about meditation, it is important that we don't consider meditation the same way 
that the yoga people consider meditation or that the Buddhist or that the whatever consider meditation where they say meditation is emptying your mind. You know, let me just say it up front. I don't expect a believer to go and do yoga. I don't expect you to go and do yoga. Alright? Now, it might look like an innocent thing. It might look like it's nothing. But if it is um, exercise by quieting your mind, okay, then why do we have to call it a name? Why do we have to call it yoga? Why do we have to put a name on it? Alright? So I, I don't believe that a believer, you know, should go and be getting involved in yoga and all of those practices. It's not necessary. Those things are not ordinary stuff. Those things are not ordinary. You know, the moment the believer recognizes that nothing in this world is ordinary, the better for us. You know, you might, you might do things without thinking. That doesn't mean that everybody else does things without thinking. There is, there is meaning attached to everything. Alright, there's meaning, absolutely, there's meaning attached to everything. Okay, so, meditation, it, that the scripture meditation is different from all the other meditations that you see or hear about in all of these different religions and different practices. So we are not just asking people to quieten their minds, alright, we are asking you Alright, to make an intentional decision to focus your mind on the Word of God. The tool for our meditation is the Word of God. So, meditation is that you focus your mind on the Word of God. You focus your mind on the Word of God. So, I'm not just asking you to just keep your mind blank, or just quieting your mind. No, the instrument for Christian meditation is the Word of God, the Word of His grace. That's very, very important. Now, when we talk about rent-free living, um, many times you've heard people say that something is living rent-free in their heads, and they're they are using that to describe how that Something has been in their, on their mind for a long time. Okay? Now, the truth about the matter is that whatever thought lives in your mind, you might say is living rent-free in your mind, but the truth is that somebody is paying rent for those thoughts. Alright? Somebody is paying rent for those thoughts. Those thoughts themselves may be living in your mind without any payment, but one way or the other, depending on what those thoughts are, someone is going to pay for them. You're going to pay for them. The thoughts might show up without uh, paying any rent, <laughs> but you are going to pay for those thoughts, whether positively or negatively. In other words, you're going to reap the benefits of having those thoughts live in your mind, okay, because those thoughts actually have benefits or demerits, and you're going to live with those benefits or demerits, depending on whatever thoughts that you have in your heart. So, I want us to start by comparing a scripture, by looking at a scripture that actually um, shows us exactly what it is that we want to be talking about today, Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter number 1 and verse 8. Joshua 1 and verse 8. There you will find the contemplation for this evening. In Joshua 1 and verse 8, it says this very clearly. I'm reading from the King James. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make your way prosperous, and you shall have good success. First thing that you would notice is that it talks about the fact that the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. In that, in those days, all that they had was the Torah. All that they had was the book of Moses. All that they had at that time was the law. And so, the instruction was that it doesn't depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Alright? That you may observe to do. Alright? Very important part of the conversation. That you may observe to do. According to all that is written therein. Now, pay attention to the fact that this is the first time in the Bible that the word success is mentioned. This is the first time in the Bible that the word success is mentioned. Alright? So there is a direct link that this scripture is making between meditation and prosperity. There is also a direct link between meditation and good success. So it's saying that, hey, there is a link, there is a connection between the thoughts in your mind and prosperity and the thoughts in your mind and success. Alright? Now, like I said, all they had at that time was the book of the law. They didn't have anything else. Okay? And so... It was you, you were supposed to meditate on it, all right, day on and night, that you may observe to do. Now that's powerful, because the word observe, and I'm and I'm teaching now because it's very important. When it says observe to do, what it's simply saying is that there is a template that you are observing. So there is a template you are observing. Alright, so that as you observe, you have an idea of what you are supposed to do. Or you have an idea of what you are supposed to have. Or of what you are supposed to experience. So you observe, you look at the template, then you go and do. Now, this is very, very powerful. You observe to do. In other words, you are weighing your, you are making your decisions, very powerful, you are making your decisions based on the things that you have observed. So we can say boldly that the time of meditation is a time of observation. It's a time when you look at things the way they were designed to be. Alright? The time of meditation is a time when you look at things the way they were designed to be by God. The time of meditation is a time to look at the templates and then go and replicate the templates. So it tells you that that which you have observed is what you are supposed to do. Just hold on, follow me. Don't assume you know where I'm going until I arrive at where I'm going. So this tells you that your life was actually designed to be lived from the place of observation. Very powerful stuff. Like your life actually is being lived from the place of observation. Now, whether that observation is, is healthy or not, you are living your life out of observation this very moment as we are talking. Alright? All of the things that you expect to see in your life is as a result of the things that have lived in your mind long enough rent-free. The things that have stayed in your mind rent-free. So if your life is going in the direction of ordinary and your life seems to be ordinary, okay, and, and in your mind the things that you have come to expect are things that are consistent with, you know, um, failure or the world, or things that are consistent with, you know, 
sickness and disease and depression, alright, if you've come to a place where you expect, alright, ups and downs in your life, and you expect your life to go up today and down tomorrow, and the explanation you give is that, well, this is life, you know, things happen, alright, it's normal for life to go up and down, up and down, it is because of the things that you have observed. It is because of the things that you have carefully observed over a period of time. You may not be aware that you've been observing, but the truth is that you have actually been observing. So, in this series, we now did a, an introduction to you, where we told you that you are spirits, and your spirit has been recreated after Jesus Christ. You are born again. You are complete. You are whole. So, what we want to do with meditation is to change the objects or change what we are observing. So that instead of observing life in the physical realm, we are now observing life in the spirit. So that instead of being occupied with observation of life in the physical realm, we are now occupied with observing our lives from the perspective of the spiritual. Alright? This is very important. Very, very critical. Very, very important. So it says, The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In those days, all that they had was the book of the law. And it was meant to stay in your mouth. That you meditate on it day and night. So that you can observe the template, then you go and do what you have observed. Now we know that today we have more than the law. We know today that we have God's amazing grace. Okay? So the book of grace shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on the grace of God day and night so that from meditating on the grace of God, you, you get to see, you get to observe the template that God designed for your life in grace. Alright? So you get to observe the template that God has designed for your life in grace. Then you go and do. In other words, you go and experience that template. What is the template for your health? What is the template in grace? For your finances What is the template in grace For your career What is the template in grace What is the template In the provision of redemption For your life What is the template In the provision of redemption For your mind What is the template that has been designed Okay for your life Then you go and experience it So you go to experience that which is in the template, that which is in the plan, that which is in the design for your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it means that meditation for the believer is not empty. Alright? Meditation is not, you know, just emptying your mind. No. Meditation is aligning your soul to an already designed template. Aligning your soul to an already designed template. In other words, there is a template in God's grace for the way that your life ought to go. That template is not natural. That template is spiritual. So when we meditate, we are aligning our soul with the design, with the template that has been provided. It says that you observe to do. In other words, when you meditate on God's grace, okay, you are observing the way your life is meant to go. So, everything about your life was, was provided for in redemption. Every single thing about your life was provided for in the redemption. Alright? For example, you observe the way your relationship with Jesus is supposed to go. That your relationship is with Jesus is supposed to be full of peace. It's supposed to be full of joy. It's supposed to be full of gladness. It's not supposed to be driven by fear. 
is not supposed to be driven by condemnation. It's not supposed to be driven by judgment. It's supposed to be driven by love. It's supposed to be driven by intimacy. Alright, so the, the gospel of grace presents to you the templates for which every area of your life was designed, alright, to follow. Alright, so there is a template in redemption for your health. So whenever you are meditating, it is that you are aligning your soul to the already given templates. Alright, God has a template for the way your life should go. That template is in your recreated human spirit. But now your soul is the place that the alignment needs to take place. Because over a period of time, in your soul you have been observing the, the worldly things, the carnal things. You've been looking at how things go from the carnal perspective. Alright, you've been observing things from the carnal perspective. No wonder the things that you've been observing are the things that you've been doing. Alright, because when you observe that life is full of ups and downs, you go ahead and experience an an up and down life. A life that is up today and down tomorrow. So we're trying to remove your focus from, you know, the outward to now begin to look to your recreated spirit because that also has a template that your recreated spirit has been fashioned after God, alright? And God has a template for the way your life is meant to go. And we're trying to get you in your soul to begin to fill your mind, okay, with the right things, with the things of the Spirit, alright? So it's very important. Now, the other thing that you would notice is that there is a direct connection between this meditation and prosperity, Then there's a direct connection, there's a link between your meditation and, right, success, good success. Okay, there is a direct link between the things your soul is observing and the prosperity of your soul. So if your soul, so meditation is a time of observing, is a time of observing. So are you observing the provisions of the finished work? Or are you observing the way life goes in the natural? It's a place of observation. Oh, this is a powerful stuff that I'm teaching here. Meditation is observation. (coughs) Are you observing how your life was designed to go according to the finished work of Jesus, based on the finished work of Jesus, Or are you observing how life goes in the natural? So based on the finished work of Jesus, you observe that you're supposed to walk in victory all the days of your life. Meditation is a time of observation. Now let me, let me tell you this. Okay, let me, let me say this. It might help you in understanding what I'm saying. Alright? The believer can potentially live two lives. Please pay attention to this. The believer can potentially live two lives. A believer can live a life of victory or the believer can live a life of defeat. The believer can live in victory all the days of their lives. The believer can live in defeat all the days of their lives. It all depends on what are they observing to do. What is the content of their observation? Alright, so the soul is observing something. The soul is either faced in the direction of the spirit or faced in the direction of the flesh. Now, if you face the direction of the spirit in your soul, then you are observing the spirit. You are observing the way life should go in the spirit. And what you will find there is different from if your soul is facing the natural. Alright? Because if your soul is facing the natural... You're also going to be observing the way life goes in the natural. In the natural, people get defeated. In the natural, people try to use their own intelligence to sort things out. In the natural, the problem with human intelligence is that it is limited. In the natural, alright, people are using their five senses and they are limited. But when you focus on observing life in the spirit, 
You see, a life that is upward in its trajectory only and never downwards. Oh, glory to God forevermore. So, meditating is observing, looking at the templates. Alright, looking at the templates so that you know what is supposed to be produced in your life. It's a time of observation. Observing the templates. There are two templates that a believer can use to pattern their lives. One is the template of the spirit, of the recreated human spirit, which is fashioned and born after God. The other one is the template of the flesh, or life in the natural, which is born and fashioned and fashioned after, you know, the things that the eyes can see, after the senses. Alright, so the question is, what are you observing? So that lets us know that meditation is not empty. Meditation always has an object. Meditation always has an image that you are observing. Alright, do you understand? It's not just emptying your mind. No, it is putting something in focus and observing it. It might be life in the flesh or life in the spirit, but you're observing how life ought to be for you using various parameters. I can put like this, using different, there are two different perspectives that a person can use in, as a template. But here's what, what it says. It says, if you meditate on it day and night and be careful to do everything that is written, then you shall make your way prosperous and there you shall have good success. In this case, the book, the gospel of grace, because we have more than the law now, should not depart out of your mouth. Alright? Have you, have you seen that meditation actually includes your mouth? It says it should not depart out of your mouth. It says you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do, to pattern your life according to what is written. I love that. What is written therein is the picture of what has been provided, what has been sanctioned. Another way is, another way to render it is to mention it as what is in the will for you, so that your life goes according to the will. Now there is a provision under grace, under redemption, that has been willed by the Father, so that your life goes according to the will. We meditate so that our life goes according to the will. For example, if God has willed divine health for you, the reason why you meditate in your soul is so that your life will go. You will observe what has been willed. And then you will begin to use your mouth to say what has been willed. And then your life will go in the direction of the will. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is very powerful. Now, let me quickly um, help you to understand certain things. So, number one, meditation is not supposed to be empty. Meditation is not supposed to be empty. Meditation is the time where you develop pictures, pictures of your life. Pictures of your life. Okay? Based on, see? These pictures of your life, they are based on what is written in the will. So we develop, we imagine, we produce pictures of our lives based on what is written in the will. Alright? Based on what is written in the will. We develop pictures of how our lives should go based on what is written in the will. So, it is, you can write this down, it is pictures of your life based on the promise which is the will and based on the provisions of redemption. So, pictures of my life based on the promise that is in the will, that is in God's grace, alright, and based on the provisions of redemption. So meditation is not just positive thinking. Meditation is not emptying the mind. 
meditation is because there are a lot of religions that use meditation Christians don't even use meditation as much as all these other religions but you see it's not a process of just emptying your mind no it is following creating pictures about the way your life is supposed to go based on the promise based on the provisions of redemption so there is a way that your life is supposed to go all right for example you develop pictures of health based on the promise of god in scripture and based on the things that have been provided for in redemption so it means that you observe the light of grace you observe your life in the spirit you observe your life in christ for example the object of your observation is no longer the world around you but the object of your observation is found in the provisions of redemption now let me ask you a question why would you not find time to create pictures based on the promise and based on provisions of redemption so all that is true about you in your spirit will remain a mirage will remain something that is distant in your soul and that soul is the important stuff your mind your mind all right your mind is where your your, your soul contains your mind all right so if you don't present the realities of your created spirit to your mind your mind is going to tilt towards another observation which is the world's observation which is observation of life in the natural i believe you're being blessed by this so let's look at what meditation is meditation is focusing one's mind for a period of time all right focusing one's mind for a period of time in silence all right but this silence then progresses to declaration or to chanting or to confession if you look at Joshua 1:8 you see that it says that the book of the law should not depart out of your mouth so in other words the gospel of grace the provisions of grace should not depart out of your mouth at no point should your mouth be stitched that you are not talking about what grace has made available for you so in other words meditation is not just silence meditation is talking and talking the provisions of redemption meditation involves your mouth it may start out in silence but if it's done well it must end up with the movement of the mouth to speak what has been done or to speak what has been provided or to speak what has been given so it's like somebody thinking you know just thinking in their minds that they are rich at some point that thought will come out through their mouth i am rich you see so it is focusing one's mind for a period of time and i just told you it's not the empty blanket focus there is a focus which is the provisions of redemption which is the gospel of grace that's your focus another meaning of meditation is the word to to roll over in other words to wrap your mind around something to wrap your mind around something all right now you you are either wrapping your mind around a lie which if you're wrapping your mind around a lie you are worrying if you're wrapping your mind around truth you're meditating everybody can actually meditate worry is meditation in the wrong direction so you're rolling your mind over a lie that would make you to worry but if you're rolling your mind over the truth of the gospel that would that would mean that you're meditating 
Alright? Now, I'll show you certain scriptures because this is very important. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13. I love this. This is a very powerful scripture. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 and 13. Look at what it says. And then I'll, I'll continue what I am teaching. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. See that your spirit is recreated, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Alright? So in your spirit you know the things that are freely given to you of God. In fact, let me dare say that the only place that is oblivious of what has been freely given to you for, of God is your soul and your body. But your spirit is already aware of the things freely given to you of God. Why? Because you are joined to the Lord. You are one spirit with Him. We are not talking about similarities. We are talking about a single entity. You are joined to the Lord. Your spirit is not ignorant about the things freely given to it of God. It is your soul that might be ignorant. And to the degree that your soul is ignorant of these three things, is to the degree that your soul will not be healthy. So there are things that have been freely given to you of God, and you already know them in your spirit. But now what we want is that you know them in your soul, in your consciousness. You are conscious about them in your mind. And then, of course, they become a real experience in your body. Now, let's continue. Look at what it says. It says, which things also we speak, not in words of man's wisdom, not in words that man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Spirit teacheth. Look at this. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That word comparing is like a word meditating. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So, your life, alright, and the spirit. Your spirit and the spirit. You're comparing. You're making an introduction to your soul. Spiritual things with spiritual. Now, that word comparing is the Greek word that points to, the meaning of that word is combine. Alright, so you are combining the spiritual with your spirit, combine. Alright, another meaning is join together, join together. So you are joining your spirit or you are making a comparison or you are noticing, you are you are acknowledging, yeah, that's the word. You are acknowledging that there is a joining together of the spirit with your spirit. Another word for comparing is interpret. In other words, you are using spiritual things to interpret. Alright? You are using spiritual things to interpret. You are using spiritual things to interpret or to explain something. In other words, you are allowing the spirit realm, your life in the spirit, to be the basis for explaining your life. To be the, the basis for interpreting your life. It means that you will not interpret your life based on the flesh, or based on the natural, or based on the limitations that you know in the natural. But instead, you're explaining your life or interpreting your life based on the spiritual. So that the, the, your life in the spirit is the basis upon which you interpret your life. Your life in the spirit is the basis upon which you explain your life. Let me give you an example. So you already have God's joy in your spirit. Now when you want to interpret your life, you interpret yourself as someone who already has joy. When you want to explain your life, you don't explain your life as a depressed person. You explain your life as somebody who already has the joy of God in their spirits. When it comes to depression, you don't explain your life based on the basis of your depression. But rather, you explain your life comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You allow the spiritual to be the basis for interpreting the events in your life. I don't know how else to say this to you. But we are, in, we are comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, 
We're using the spiritual reality, who we are in our spirit, to explain our lives. We allow who we are in our spirit to be the only explanation of our lives. We don't accept the explanation that comes from observing the flesh. No. We allow only who we are in the spirit to be the explanation that we make for our lives. This is very powerful. Because a lot of people are not comparing spiritual things with spiritual. They are comparing spiritual things with carnal. They are using their life in the physical as the basis for judging themselves. And if you, for example, if you use your life in the speech, in the natural, as the basis for judging yourself, then you can easily conclude that you are not righteous. Why? Because you are using your life in the natural as the basis for judgment. You can easily conclude that you are not holy. You can easily conclude that, you know, you are not perfect. You don't have love. You don't have joy. You don't have peace. Why? Because those things are not true in your physical experience. But these things are true in, about your spirit already. So you're supposed to be comparing your life to spiritual things, not to carnal things. You're supposed to be using the spiritual reality that you've been made to interpret the, 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 the events of your life. So how do you interpret life? Alright, by yielding to the Spirit. Okay, it is that you look to the Spirit, you see yourself as prosperous. Then you use that template to interpret your life in the natural. If I'm prosperous in the Spirit, then I'm prosperous in the natural. Do you understand it so far? Is it making sense so far? We are using a template, we are using a measure. And in, in this case, the measure that we are using is our realities in Christ Jesus. So, meditation is not empty. Meditation is focused. In fact, let me tell you three things that make up for meditation. Alright? Number one is revelation. If you're going to meditate, the first thing is revelation. Now, it means that you have to have a revelation of what has been made available. A revelation of the things that have been made available. You can't meditate. Alright, see, if you don't meditate by revelation, okay, you are going to be worrying because, oh boy, this is powerful stuff. If you're not, re if you're not meditating by revelation, it means that you're meditating by worry. You know why? The things of the spirits, eh, they are not available to the logical mind. Let me give you an example. There is no way man's logic can think to the point where they create a system where a person is justified even though they are ungodly. There is no template for that kind of life. In the natural. There's nothing in the natural that points to that. That a person, even though they are ungodly, will be justified freely based on another person's um, 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 goodness. There is no template like that. It doesn't exist anywhere. If, it, if you're going to see something like that at all, it has to come from the Spirit, from that which Jesus did for us. Before Jesus died for the ungodly, there was no template, there was no, um, there was no program in the world that pointed to the fact that a person could be justified. Nothing pointed to that. Absolutely nothing pointed to that. So, first, there are three steps to meditation. The first is revelation. And revelation comes from feeding. So it means that the first has to be a time when your soul is introduced to life as it ought to be. That's what is called observed to do. So it's first that your soul has come out of being hooked 
on life as it is to life as it ought to be. It means that you have removed your focus from the natural and you have now looked to the supernatural, to the spiritual, to life in redemption as the basis. So you are fed. You understand? So it's revelation starts with, sorry, meditation, proper meditation starts with feeding. Alright, revelation. Things as it ought to be. Alright, revelation first. Revelation first. How is your, and what is revelation? A picture, a picture of how things were designed to go. For example, what is the revelation in redemption concerning your health, concerning your finances, concerning your life, concerning your, your body, concerning your, you know, there is, a, there is provision. And then you spend time focusing on that. So, first is revelation. The teaching of God's word that paints pictures of what your life was designed to look like. That's revelation. All true, powerful meditation must start with painting pictures, revelation. Then, the second um, step of revelation is the actual meditation. Sorry, the second step of meditation is the meditation itself. Number one is revelation. Number two is meditation. It is the time when you roll over the truth in your mind. You roll over truths in your mind. It's a time when you, for lack of a better word, you worry over truths, not worry over lies. You roll over the truth in your mind. For example, you roll over the fact that himself took your sicknesses and your diseases. And so you turn it, you turn it, you turn it, you turn it, you look at it, you look at it again. Or Romans 8.32, if God did not spare his son, Alright, so you think about it. If God did not spare his son. Wow, so God did not spare his son. Wow, his own son. He did not spare his own son. Alright, so he starts to roll over that reality. So wow, so God actually didn't spare his son. Wow, amazing. Alright, but gave him up for us, for me. So he was giving up for me. You start to roll over it. You start to roll over the truth. You take that truth and you roll over it. You roll over it in your mind. You roll over it. It now says, how will he not with him give us all things freely? So you start to think about it. How will he not? Oh, wow. So you, ask, you start to meditate like that. You take a provision based on revelation. Then you start to roll over it in your mind. The last step of meditation is declaration. Alright? It is prayer Flowing out of formed impressions. I like that. Declaration is prayer flowing out of formed impressions. In other words, now an impression has been formed in your mind about the way your life is supposed to go. For example, he did not spare his own son. Right? Right? And then you rolled over that. And now an impression of... Um, what's the word? An impression has been formed in, in your mind of how precious you are. That if God did not spare his own son, it means that I must be very precious. Okay? But gave him up for me. Alright? That impression is being formed in my heart. Then, declaration is that I begin to make utterances. I start making, I pray based on those formed impressions. It's prayer that is flowing out of a formed impression. Now you see, many people have formed impressions in their lives that is tilted towards the negative. For example, they have formed impressions of struggling. They have formed impressions of surviving. They, have, they don't have a picture of thriving at all. So if a person sees that they are struggling with, with accepting thoughts that... that points towards striving and not struggling, then this person needs, one, a revelation of the word, a revelation of the provisions of redemption, two, the time to sit down and meditate over that truth, roll over it in your mind, 
Then three, declaration based on the impressions that have been formed in your heart, based on your meditation. You see, this is the missing link, and many times that's why people only have mental assent to things, but it's not heart deep. Because the, the average believer, if you want to tell yourself the truth, the average believer sits in church on Sunday morning, hears the word of God, goes home, can barely remember, you know, what they heard, alright, and then they are busy with life again, until they show up again. A lot of times, it, they, they, they consider it doing the pastor a favor by going to listen to the message that he preached again. You're not doing me a favor. Even I must meditate on the word of God. Do you understand? So, when you go back to listen to the word that was preached, it's, you're not doing anybody a favor. You know, you are actually taking out time to re, re, um, reintroduce the truth to your speed, to your soul. Right? You are letting that reality that you captured in the service sink in. There are many times that you're in the service and you don't capture everything that was taught. So you go back, you sit down, you, you meditate on it. That word meditate is actually the Hebrew word hagar. It means that you start out by, by, you know, you start out by, first of all, you know, thinking about it, imagining it, alright? Then you begin to mutter under your breath. You begin to mutter. And then you get to the point where you, after muttering for a while, you now start to roar. You now start to announce it. You start to declare it. So it's revelation, meditation, declaration. You start to declare it. The missing link many times is the meditation. First of all, I told you, meditation is not blanket. It's not empty. The instrument for Christian meditation is the Word of God. It's not science. Is not fictional. Is not um, um, positive thinking. Alright? The instrument for Christian meditation is God's word. God's word is the instrument for Christian meditation. So, let's look at certain scriptures because... Let's look at a few more scriptures and then we will go. Let's look at Genesis twenty four sixty three. Genesis 24:63 Look at what it says Genesis 24:63 Look at what it says Genesis 24:63 It says early in the evening Isaac went out I want to show you that very powerful stuff It says Early in the evening, look at this. Let me read it from the ESV. It says, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field towards the evening. Isaac went out to meditate. So, it's actually, it's actually something that you do deliberately. Something that you do intentionally. Alright? You, you, first of all, you allow the revelation of the provisions of redemption, the revelation of God's word. To form the pictures of your expectations from life. Alright? And then you begin to roll over the truth. You begin to cast your mind over the truth. I'm telling you, if you do this consistently on a daily basis, you will have a healthy soul. You have a healthy soul. Your soul will be healthy. The matters that will be oozing out of your soul will be healthy matters. Just Isaac went out to meditate in, in the field towards the evening. The object of your meditation, the what you are meditation, meditating on is very important. You are either worrying, which is meditating on lies, or you are bursting forth with joy, which is because you are meditating on the truth of the gospel. All true meditation must start with a revelation of the finished work of Jesus. And it must end with a declaration of the impressions that have been formed in your soul. All true meditation 
must start with a revelation of the provisions of the gospel, the promises of God. It must end with the declaration of the same. And in the middle, you roll your mind over the truth. You roll your mind over the truth. You, you visit it again and again. You look at it in different dimensions. You turn it around in your mind. You roll over it, roll over it, roll over it. As you roll over it, the truth is seeping into your spirit. It's like the way cows, um, the way they regurgitate that which they've eaten. And then they, they, it's called chewing the cord. They are ruminant animals. So they bring it up again. They chew it and chew it and chew it and chew it. Until you get all the juice out of it. You roll over it again and again and again and again and again. This is the missing link. This is what's happening. A lot of people... They don't meditate on scripture. They don't meditate on the provisions of the gospel. They don't meditate on the word of God. They're meditating on the news. They, think, they sit down in the night, and before they sleep, they're thinking about what the, the, the price of the dollar is. But they're not meditating on scripture. They're not doing it intentionally. So Isaac went out to the field, alright, to meditate. Let's look at another scripture. Deuteronomy 17:19. Let's look at another scripture very quickly. Deuteronomy chapter number 17 and verse 19. Look at what it says. It says, And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all of the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God. And to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. So, um, you know, when, when you look at this scripture, it's talking about the law. But there is a this is all they had at that time, the law. But for us today, it directly connects to us under grace today that it shall be with him. What shall be with you? The gospel of grace shall be with you. And that you shall read therein. You shall read the gospel all the days of your life. Not one day, not two days, not three days. All the days of your life. Now look at it. In reading, the reading part is the revelation. You're either listening to the word taught to you or you're reading the word for yourself. Now that he may learn. Alright, you see that word learn there is meditate. So when we are meditating, we are learning. We are learning how to view our lives based on the divine templates. We are learning. We are making strong impressions, formed impressions about our lives. That he may learn to fear the Lord. In, for us who are under grace, we are not learning to fear the Lord as far run away from the Lord. We are learning to reverence the Lord. That's number one. Fear there is reverence for us who are under grace. And then we're learning to see how the Lord loves us. We love Him because He first loved us. So we are learning to, we are learning how God sees us. Meditation is a time of learning. Alright? And to keep all of the words of this law. For us, we are keeping the words of the grace, of, of, of God's grace. We are keeping the words of His grace in our hearts. Alright? So that we can do them. Yes. So that you can pattern your life after that which observe to do. Do you understand? Pattern your life after the template. Observe. Observe the template. Then reproduce the template in your life. In other words, you insist that my life is supposed to go in this direction. And I won't accept anything that is contrary. I'm supposed to live in divine health. I'm not going to allow sickness. Glory to God. Let's look at Deuteronomy Let's look at another one. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9. These are powerful scriptures. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 9. Let's look at that. Look at this. Oh, I love this. Let's read from the King James. It says, Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them. You see, that you may prosper in all that you do. Whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that there is such a thing 
as a person can prosper in all that they do. Wow. Wow. There is, there is something that a person can do that will cause them to prosper in all that they do. I love God's mind. I love God's mind. I love the way God's mind works. The world will tell you that you can't have any everything. You can't, you can't, you succeed in one, you fail in one. That you can't expect to, to succeed in all that you do in life. Look at scripture is telling you here that if you keep the words of this covenant and do them, there is such a thing as you prospering in all that you do. Wow. Wow. So there is provision for a person to prosper in all that they do. The difference is the quality of what they are observing to keep. The difference is that you keep the word of this covenant. In other words, for us who are under grace, we keep in our minds that God is in covenant with his son Jesus. And that covenant cannot be broken. And because of that covenant, our sins are forgiven. Because of that covenant, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we actually do the word. We do the word. We live out our lives based on the templates that we have seen. It says, if you do that, it says you can prosper in all that you do. There is a provision for a believer to prosper in everything that they do. Stop accepting the we win some, we lose some. That narrative is not of God. That narrative is from the earth. That narrative is from observing your environment where you see people fail in some and succeed in some. For us in Christ Jesus, there is a provision that God has made available that you can prosper in all that you do. The believer can prosper in all that they do based on the, the quality of their meditative life. You can prosper in everything that you do based on the quality of your meditation. Don't let anybody sell a lie to you. Now, well, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't always win everything. We win some, we lose some. That's the life that they, that they told you is available. But that's only the life that is available on earth. Do you understand? In the things of the spirit, there's such a thing as prospering in all that you do. I'm amazed that there's provision for you as a believer to prosper in all that you do. I'm amazed. I'm really amazed that there is a provision like that. Yet, we don't see that being talked about in the world, that a person can succeed in everything that they do. Now, why is it that a person... Listen, oh boy, this is powerful. How is it that a person can prosper in all that they do? You are following a template. You understand? You're not living according... You understand? You're not living according to the flesh. According to the things you're seeing in the environment. You're following a template. It's like round holes in round pegs. Or round pegs in round holes. Square pegs in square, in, in, in square holes. It is that what you are looking at is what you are producing. And it's in sync. God promised you health. You are producing life of health. It's in sync. If you take what God has promised and you try to fit it into what society promises, it won't fit. That's where people don't prosper. There is provision in scripture. There is what the environment is saying. You try to take the two and merge it together. No, it will not work. You leave what you're supposed to leave what the environment is saying and align yourself to the truth of the gospel. Then you will experience prosperity in all that you see. Look, let me tell you, this should actually, you know, really wake you up. That there is such a thing as prospering in all that you do. There is such a thing as prospering in all that you do. Glory to God forevermore. I have to stop here. Alright? On Sunday, I'm going to do an episode titled Photo Teaser. Alright? I'm going to do an episode titled 
Fortizo. Fortizo. It's going to be very powerful. It's going to be very, very powerful. Alright, so God wants you to prosper in all that you do. And that really depends on how healthy your soul is. And your prosperity depends on the pictures, the quality of the pictures you have erected in your mind. And the, where the, the root of those pictures, where those pictures have gained their root from. Has it gained root from the environment or has it get, gained root from God's word? So hey, I want you to make a practice of meditating on the provisions of the gospel. First of all, you pursue revelation. You listen to a message. You find revelation. Alright? Then number two, you meditate. You roll over. Alright? If you want to see something change in your life, this week, start by finding the word of God, revelation. Find the word thoughts. Or take out time to study scripture for yourself. Then you meditate. Then you declare. You announce, you declare, you roar the truths that you have meditated on. Now listen, meditation is not only done in silence. It may start out in silence, but it's supposed to lead to a roaring. It's supposed to engage your mouth. So revelation, meditation ends up in declaration. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the teaching of your word. We thank you because we have received the truth of the gospel and now we are meditating every single one of us we are spending time to meditate on your word we give you thanks and we give you praise because our property is evident for all to see in jesus holy name we declare amen and amen thank you for engaging yourself in this episode we trust that your life has been beautified if you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.